guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Today, the gospel reading speaks about putting out into the deep this moment of Peter's call on the, on the seashore, being called into ministry through this event, this, puzzle, this strange kind of miraculous event of having fished all night, which was the, the most effective time to be fishing, and then in the early morning hours to be, at the end of the day, told to go back out and try one more time. The miraculous catch that stuns Peter and his co-workers drives him to his knees and makes him feel the power, the presence, the divine presence, that something extraordinary, someone extraordinary is here in his presence, speaking to him face to face and addressing him. Depart from just, Lord, I'm not who you think I am. I can't be a part of this. But nonetheless, because Peter was generous, he experiences God's closeness. I think that that particular gospel story resounds with my own experience as uh, someone who wants to follow Christ as a disciple and serve him as a priest. And I think in many ways it applies really to all of us in our own way. Not all of us are called to uh, imitate Peter in his role as an apostle, but all of us are called, are called to be generous with the Lord. Certainly that applies to our finances, but it, it applies in every area of our lives, not just that. The whole idea of being a steward of God's gifts is precisely what's at work here. I'm not the owner of the things that I have. I'm not even really the owner of my own person. Everything that I am, everything that I have, comes to me from God. That's been entrusted to me for a little while, the course of my lifetime. And I'm to take good care of it, multiply it as best I can, and give it back to him at the end of my life. That's what it means to be a steward. I'm not my own boss. I report to someone. That's what describes the Christian life. Peter certainly experiences that as well. Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Peter knows his business. He knows, how, he knows how to catch fish. He knows how the lake works. He knows the cycles of catching and the, the daily cycle of labor. He knows his business. But he listens to the Lord who commands him to do something that doesn't make sense according to his calculations. But he does it anyway. He does it anyway. Master, we've worked hard all night. We've got nothing. We're not going to catch anything. <laughs> but as you've, as you've asked me to do so, I'll try again. There it is. There's the spirit of stewardship. We're not our own masters. Yes, we have an area of responsibility. Yes, we have areas of competence that we know inside and out. But the Lord enters into those situations and says, fair enough, but do as I ask. In my own life, this was a powerful source of, I think, what I encountered as my vocation. 
As a man in my early 20s, I suspected that, that I may have a, a priestly vocation, but I wasn't sure, and I wasn't certainly committed to the idea. So I, I spent some time discerning and came across, as I've related to many of you before, uh, an organization called Focus that uh, basically trained young men and women who are recent college graduates to go back onto college campuses as missionaries, to go preach the gospel on large secular campuses, and to, in a sense, be a public representative and a, and a missionary to those who perhaps would never be able to have an encounter with Christ in college. Now, part of the deal was that you didn't earn a salary as a missionary. You weren't paid anything. You had, to, you had to fundraise your own living expenses. You had to go talk to your family members, talk to your parents' friends, talk to your parish priest, maybe get up at, a, at the end of Mass and give a little spiel and ask people, would you be willing, perfect strangers, would you be willing to send me a kind of skinny, uh, freckled, 23-year-old guy, 50 bucks a month so I can pay my insurance and gas and get to the University of Illinois where I'm supposed to preach the gospel to some, some kids just a few years younger than me. Right? A very uncomfortable idea. I was terrible at it. I couldn't fundraise to save my life. I hated it. My hands would get clammy. You know, you, the idea was you'd call people up or you'd go meet them at their homes and try to give them a, a sense of what it was that you were doing and why it was important to support this mission. And I, I hated every minute of it. I could sit and talk about theology. I could talk about spirituality. I'd love talking about the idea of being a missionary, but then actually sitting down face-to-face with someone and saying, uh, would you uh, like to give me some money every month? That that made me just very fearful, very anxious, right? something that I wanted to avoid. But the Lord was calling me to put out into the deep and lower my nets for a catch. So I said, okay, Lord, this is, this is the plan. I think I'm supposed to do this for a few years of my life. I want to know what your will for the rest of my life is, so I'll try this. And I'll see what happens. And I know you're good. Please make it easy. (laughs) What happened over the course of those years of fundraising was this. I never had more than I needed. But I had enough. I left three years later after being a missionary without one dollar of debt. I didn't run up my credit cards. I didn't take out loans. I was able to pay off some of my student loans. And while I didn't have much to show materially for my time as a missionary, I was rich in the sense that I saw that God was faithful to his promises. I experienced in a small way that miraculous catch of fish that stunned Peter and his co-workers. Because 
in the course of those years of fundraising, I also discovered my priestly vocation. It was traveling from house to house, visiting with Catholics who were concerned about the loss of faith in the lives of college students, who perhaps had experienced their own kids wandering from the faith, leaving it behind forever, never to return to church, speaking with them, meeting their families, playing with their kids, staying in touch with them, befriending them, praying for them, for them and for their intentions and, and receiving their prayers and support as a result of, of those contacts that I was making as a missionary, I realized that this is kind of like what being a priest is all about, entering into this level of communion with the disciples of Jesus and having a chance to serve them so I can draw a very direct line between my willingness to put out into the deep in that sense and, and my priestly vocation and ultimately why, why it is that I'm even here before you today. I sense that very strongly. As a missionary, I tithed. I gave away 10% of my income even when I looked at those numbers and said, it's not going to work. Put out into the deep. Lower your nets for a catch. And I'd sign that check and send it off. But so too, I applied that in many other areas of my life. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give you. I began to treat that as if it was true. <laughs> Being a, a saying that the Lord himself had spoken and was recorded by the evangelists. I began to pray for the people that I was sent to, to preach to, the, the young men and women that were involved in Bible studies or who were coming to our large group events or our concerts or our kind of open mic nights, praying for them by name and asking for the grace of their conversion. Or whatever you ask in my name, I will give it, says the Lord. So too, um, the possibility of discerning a vocation, saying, I don't know what to do with my life. I have some ideas, but in the end, I don't want to do anything that's not your plan for me. I know that your plan for my life is the most beautiful, fulfilling, adventurous way that I could possibly live. And I don't want to, I don't want to waver from that in a single degree. All those things fit together beautifully in the Christian life. The danger is that we isolate one from the other. We take out certain parts of our lives from his lordship and say, that part's under my control. I'm the boss of that area. I'll give you these, but those others stay mine. When that happens, the whole thing falls apart. It doesn't work. No matter how faithful we might be in one area, the Lord wants the whole heart. I know many of you are generous in that way, generous in your financial gifts, generous in your lives of prayer, generous in your yes to say uh, in response to God's will in your lives. I know <clears throat> as we conclude this Catholic Schools Week that that's precisely the message that we want to hand on to our sons and daughters. That's precisely the sort of thing that we want them to experience and see in us 
that if we live this way, it's going to be contagious. It's going to draw them in. They're going to want to say to us, you have something that I want. You have something that I feel I'm missing. How do I get it? How do I receive it? That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. That's what it means to be on mission. That's what it means to put our nets out into deep water for a catch. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.